You know, sometimes when you, when you learn that the one that you have to conquer, man, see, we blame everything on the devil. Oh, the devil's a liar. Oh, yes, he is, church. But sometimes the devil has nothing to do with it. It's something with yourself. The devil's over there and in and out having a burger, man, and you're blaming him for your trials. He's like, what's wrong with you, man? I'm taking a break, you little devil. Amen. You know, we won't, he won't say that, but you know, we want to blame the devil for drinking water. Should I drink water or should, should I drink a soda? Oh, the devil's a liar, brother. You know what I mean? Drink whatever you want. Amen. See, one of the things. <laughs> that's a whole different story, man. But here God wanted to do something with his people. He wanted to take them to another place of their lives. See, I want to go to another place in my ministry with my wife, with my children. See, I want to go to places that I could never dream about. See, today, I did something that I never thought I was able to do, man. Pastor Edgy gave me the privilege to go to the schools and, and to speak about gang awareness and drugs, man. It was a blessing to be there and speak life into the children. See, they were just excited. See, they were coming unto us and hugging us and telling us, Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I even feel weird, man. Why are they giving us love? It's because God is doing something. There is a need, church, right now. They're recruiting kids up to the age of nine years old right now. Getting them to drugs, man. Getting them to gangs. And it's going to be a man and a woman of God that it's going to be, you might meet that person, man. You might meet that woman, that man that is hurting because they're children. That's why, thank God, we have the men in the woman's home that whenever somebody needs to go there, we can be those life changers, amen. We can give them hope and tell them, you know what? I was blind. I was messed up. I was doing bad, but I met Jesus. I met him in this place. He gave me hope. He changed my life. He can do it for you. You better get on your knees and praise him. I remember, man, so many times I didn't want to do things, man. When God was there convicting me just because I was going through my own personal trials. You know, we become sissified, amen. Sorry, I have to curse in my sermons, amen. I was sissified. You know, just because I'm going through something. You know, one thing I learned about storms, the storms, they come and go. You never see a storm stay there for five years. It's impossible, church. It's impossible. And you know what's the trick, the, the, the trippy thing about a storm? That hell is breaking loose above. Down there still remains the same. Maybe the current's a little higher and, you know, some of the waves. But down there, live, the fish, everybody's chilling. It's the same thing that happens with the throne of God. Even that hell may be breaking loose in your life. Things might be going wrong with your life. But heaven stands still. The promises of God live regardless, regardless the situation that's going on. Because Jesus cares for you. It doesn't matter how big. Because we have a big God. See, have you ever going through hell? That's when you find Jesus. That's when you find your Savior. I've been in trouble, church. I've been in trouble so much, man. That the only way I found Jesus is when I was in trouble. That's how I see how big was my God. I was like, Lord... We need to just be able to let go. And then he goes on in this. Look, he goes on and says this. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. 
That means don't hold back. Once you do it, keep marching forward. See, there's nothing back there for you, amen? See, there's nothing. There's more ahead of you. See, what you got behind you is all the things that are piled up that God brought you through, church. Amen. You begin to march forward and singing, I am a child of the living King. Amen. I am a blessed man. The other night I was in my house. I was praying. I was broken. I said, my God, how blessed I am. What's wrong with me? Because we see with the natural eyes, church. See, the curtains is something important. It says, stretch them out. See, uh, hold, I'm going to go there. I don't want to go ahead of myself, but real quick. On the holding things, sometimes we become spiritual hoarders, church. Have you ever met somebody that they still got their, their shirt from like 20 years ago? What's that, my wife? Amen. It's so holy already, but she loves that shirt. Oh, my Lord. They're holding couches, you know, things that don't even work, but they're just taking room. It's the same thing that happens in our lives. We are holding on to things, madness, all kinds of things that we have no room for God to take us to the next level, church. We have brother anger hanging around still there. Hermano Carnitas, let me say it in English, brother flesh Gordon, amen. Sister, sister Pasa or sister Mamai, you know which is that one? Sister Huchimama, amen. <laughs> You know, you know their eyes, it's like a trap. They even curl like this and go like this, you know what I mean? But that's a whole ser- different sermon, amen? <clears throat> Man, God is good, amen? Come on, give the Lord a clap offering tonight, amen? Always oh, the water. That's why I don't like it up there. But then, look it. There's something amazing. Because you know that... Even in, this, even in the natural, you know that hoarding, it's like a crime. You will lose your house for hoarding. Imagine what can happen in the spiritual realm for holding on to all these things. I've been in places of my life that I was dry. My God, I couldn't even feel the Holy Ghost. No goosebumps, man. I, I couldn't even, I didn't even have <coughs> a prayer. In my tongue. There was a time in my life that it was very recent, man. Right before conference, two years ago, almost three years ago, we had a horrific accident outside my house. Somebody got injured very bad. Bodily injuries were tremendous. I thought I was going to go to jail, prison. No, not, I wasn't going to go to jail, I was going to go to prison. From the, I can't tell you because of, you know, we don't know if they have informants. It's a whole different story, but, you know, um, it was such a bad accident. Seriously. It was bad. It was blood. It was, the news came. I was in the news for like two months. <clears throat> that's how much you don't pay attention, amen, but that's a whole different story. Thank you, Jesus. I even went to my, to my uh, kid's doctor, and they're like, you're the guy on TV, huh? I'm like, oh, my Lord. I'm like, what happened? Didn't you see what happened, Amen? But in the middle of this pain, see, I don't know what was I doing wrong. See, sometimes we think because something happens to us, we're doing wrong. And the Bible says that nothing's new under the heavens. That 
it will rain for the just and it will rain for the unjust. The devil, God, will never discriminate anybody. What happened to Job? What happened to Joseph? What happened to David? What happened to the great men of God? They all had to go through something tremendous in their life, amen? I remember people threatening us, man, giving us uh, that they were going to come and do this to my family and going through times that it was so difficult that I was under the house looking under the roots to see what was the problem because I didn't know what was going on, church. I was hurting. I was, he said, man, God, I feel like taking off with my bunny shoes. You know, how many of us know that? Or we were used to, when something happens, we used to run to the connection. We used to run to our parents. We used to run away from our families. We used to run away because we weren't able to face in reality. See, what's wrong with me, God? I'm the pastor. See, I'm praising you. I'm having service, God. I'm paying my tithes and offerings. I love my wife. I love my children. I'm doing what you call me to do, God. Are you mad at me, God? See, I was so churched out, church, that my closet even praised the Lord, church. I had nothing but, but um, a church clothes, not even regular clothes I had. I had like three shorts. The same shorts I wear all the time. Because all my clothes was from church. My closet will praise the Lord, will give you a hallelujah, will tell you, Jesus, man, I will give you the two-step, because that's how much I was involved. All of a sudden, conference comes. They give me a, a, a letter to go to court. Oh, we're hitting you with attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon. For an accident? You got to be kidding me, man. And it wasn't a car accident either. And when this happened, my life, my God, I felt this small. I felt helpless. I felt like everything was falling apart, and it was. I felt like, my God, I think you made a mistake choosing me, God. I think you chose the wrong guy for the task, God. And, and I began to, to harden my heart and be dry, and I, I began to make decisions that were hurting my family because I was doing things in the flesh. I remember right after conference when I closed down the church because I didn't want them to come after the church. And say to myself, you know what? No, uh, this is too much, man. You know, I, I can't do this. I couldn't even look at my wife, my children. I was like, I was going through one of the hardest times of my life. And Pastor Ruben gives me a call and tells me, I want you to go to Buena Park. I want you to translate for Pastor Julio. He's a pastor from uh, Colombia. Amen. Because um, we need a translator, not just anybody. And it, it was a good feeling to, you know, to know that God wants to use you. But I didn't want to be used. Amen. I was hurting. This is my party and I cry if I want to. Amen. And you can't take me out of my party because it's mine. I made it. You don't know nothing about it. I was thinking weird, man. We become weirdos. You know, man, you're supposed to be that Boaz, man. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> you know the story. You know, Boaz is a man of God, amen, a sensitive man, a man of prayer, a man of kindness. It's something related to Jesus, a redeemer. But he's got family members. Should we say one of them, Amen. Should, should, we, should we name one of them what happens to the man of God when he's not praying, when he's wrapped up in his own flesh? Should, you know, you won't be that Boaz to your wife. 
You won't be the redeemer. You won't cover in prayer because you can't even cover yourself. He's got brothers and sisters uh, and, and, and cousins. I know you ladies, you know, you, you marry some of them, amen? You know, Boaz is B-O-A-Z, right? <laughs> now, nah, let's leave it alone, amen? You know, they're, they're like, oh, pastor, you're going to cuss. No, I'm not cussing. It's the Bible, amen? Well, Boaz has crazy ass, amen? Some of us, some of us marry that one, amen? But we're going to leave it right there. And the, the rest of the sink in your spirit, amen? And we know that God will do it. Amen. We know in the book of James, real quick, you know, I wanna I can't go through the whole thing because this was this was preached in two services as I was translating, amen. And I know that in the book of James, chapter one, verse twenty two, you don't have to go there, I'll read it real quick for you. The Bible says this but be doers of the word and not hearers of the word. Only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and, does not, and is not a doer of the word, he's like a man observing his normal face in the mirror, which is talking about the normal fleshly man, the unspiritual man. See, when, when you are not sensitive to the Spirit of God, when you're not praying, when you're going through all these things, when you have heart issues, when you're not letting God to, to expand your, your tents, and, and when you're not letting God to spread your curtains, church, because have you ever been in a dark room? When they open up the curtains, the light comes in. Because we close ourselves from God, from the men of God, from our pastors, from our leaders. And we think that nobody sees us, church. And we look like Uncle Fester walking around church. And we think we're normal. And my God, if God can seize it, imagine what the men of God can. That's what I was talking about, Boaz. Because that's what happens to the men of God. When he's not trusting himself. I mean, when he's trusting himself and not trusting God. Pastor, he sent me to Winter Park and to take care of the men of God. And I don't want to, church. I'm being honest with you. I'm speaking the truth. Because I know if, if I'm open with you. And know that just like you and I go through serious things in life. They were trying to send me to prison for some dumb things. And I was like, okay, Pastor Ruben, I'll go and whatever. I just went. The pastor was speaking. I was translating church. The first service was over. God moved, but I was still hardening. Pastor, I go into Pastor Ruben's office, and he tells me, what's wrong with you, man? You're full of pride. You need to stop. He began to chop me up. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? Because I couldn't see it at that moment. I was like, man, you know, nobody likes to be told anything. But we have to. See, correction. The Bible says that he who hates correction is what? Stupid. I'm not calling anybody stupid here. But I'm talking about my testimony. And I was telling Pastor Ruin, what's your problem? And he tells me, follow him around. Preach like if it was you. He begins to instruct me. And he begins to, I remember he went and put, laid hands on me. He began to pray. It felt like something was burning up my bones. It felt like the anointing of God was doing something new in my life. See, because I was releasing that old hurting, the things that was taking place. I hurting from three years. I was still holding on to them. I begin to, we begin to translate. He begins to preach and the word of God begins to split me in half. 
The Bible says that the word of God is like a sword, a double-edged sword, church. Be able to penetrate, church. The word was cutting me. As I was speaking, I was broken because I thought I had no more hope. Yeah, I was a pastor. I was a minister. But I, I know that I was there and my heart was somewhere else. I wanted to take off. I wanted to act a fool. As a matter of fact, I was a fool for acting like that. Not knowing that God is a redeemer, a restorer. And that God can do the same thing for you. And stop putting your pride before God. And stop putting your heart like if you don't want to hear it, church. I remember I was broken in the altar, man. God was using somebody that didn't want to be used anymore. And taught me a powerful lesson. It says, son, it ain't over. Daughters, it ain't over. Men and women of God, it's not over. Even even the, my, my fat lady can be saying it's not over. I was broken. You know that when I let go, the second service, the altar was so full, church. God was giving prophecy to people. People were getting healed. Things were happening. Why? Because I allowed myself, church, to to stop being selfish. To say, you know what? I'm done of being myself. And then when I go to the room back again, I tell Pastor Ruben, I says, I am so sorry, Pastor. Then I call my pastor and tell him, I am so sorry, Pastor Edgy, for being a fool, man. For being a prideful man. For getting, you know, I was a Proverbs 3.5. I was leaning on my own understanding. I was being a fool. I was hurting my wife. I was hurting my kids. But there goes the pastor. Why? So the Lord spoke to me and says, not death, not sickness, not trials can separate you from the love of God. No devil in hell, no sickness, no nothing can destroy you because you belong to God. That's when I was broken. Then I wanted to get off the stage and go cry in the corner. I couldn't go through the whole thing because it's so much. This was two years in the making that I only had a few minutes to share with you. But if you catch anything tonight, as we stand tonight, please. I know life is hard. And that's just part of it, church. Let us not make it harder than it has to be. Let's allow God to stretch you, to enlarge your heart, to enlarge your discipleship, to enlarge your love for others. To enlarge your, your fire for God. See, it's time for a reset to the next level. It's time for regrow, church. The last part that I wanted to go, it was about the stakes. The stakes represents the men and the women in church. Those that are unseen. Those that labor for God. Have you ever seen a stake? It's a piece of wood. That they begin to follow, they begin to shape it. And when it's shaped already, they begin to they begin to pound on it. They begin to pound on it. They begin to do things. And you know what goes first? You go into the third. That's how sometimes we feel as leaders and workers. But for the sake of time, I want to encourage you tonight that Jesus is still in the business of restoring. I was restored. It wasn't my, 
It wasn't my, you know, it wasn't anything that I did. It was the grace of God. It was the mercy of God upon my life. It wasn't perfection because I was far away from perfect. You know what it was, church? Obedience. It saved my life. God turned it around, church. God is turning it around still. God is fighting in my case right now. And from what I heard, they're releasing me already because God is a big God. It's a God of favor. I don't care who you are. Jesus loves you. If every head is bowed and every eye is closed tonight. See, if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, I want you to lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. You know, Jesus is here for you. He loves you. Maybe you're a backsliding Christian. Maybe you've fallen away from the things of God. You say, how God can, how can God save me now? I messed up. Let me tell you something. There's not enough, there's not a wall big enough that God can reach out to you. Because the Bible says that he's married to the backslider. And he loves you. Or maybe tonight... You'll be dealing with things in your, in, in your own. If God spoke to you tonight, I want you to come to the altar. I want to pray for you. I know God has some word, uh, uh, something from you. I know that God wants to do something new in your life. Hallelujah. Father, you are worthy tonight, God. Father, I thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord. Father, you're a good God. A God that loves his children, God. Just like a good father. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I pray for everyone that is here, God. Father, move in this house right now, God. Father, let her reign with your anointing, God. Father, take away the hurting, God, from your people, God. Those that have unforgiveness, God. Those that need you right now, God. Those that are back there, just stand your hands and pray for them.